Hi everyone and welcome back to CritCast. This is the podcast and the platform that offers the personal side behind the persona of world-leading athletes and performers. I'm your host Sam Crick and we've got a weekly update for you um, to just cover off some of the events that have taken place around the world. So we've had some good news, um, some really sad news and um, some hopeful news for the future. So just before we dive into perhaps um, some information around the Athletes Commission nominations, um, Joanna Coates, um, you know, stepping down from the role of CEO in British Athletics and the lottery funding allocation. Just wanted to cover, um, you know, some really big news in uh, the world of athletics that has really saddened so many people. Um, now, two runners uh, and two athletes um, have been killed in their hometowns and home countries. So Kenyan athlete uh, Agnes Tirop, who is a two-time world championship broad medalist, has died in her home countries after being stabbed to death. And then just recently as well, Alex Kinoas, who is the, the world 200 meter bronze medalist, was killed in Ecuador as well. Um, so our thoughts go out to, to their families. Um, and it's, it's really sad to see that, you know, this, um, this has taken place and that, you know, this is, is a really big problem. Um, and I just I really hope that, you know, this uh, the awareness for what's been shown on social media is going to bring strides forward. And, and, you know, I'm really hoping that this, this won't happen again, but it's really sad news. Um, and, you know, our thoughts across the athletics community is definitely with their families. So that's more of a, of a worldview of what's going on. And it is, it is again, really sad to hear, um, but there's particular things that I wanted to talk about today on this podcast. There's actually happened this week. Um, in athletics and the main three things is that athlete commission op- nomination um, so those athletes that <clears throat> are now uh, going to be supporting um, athletes going forward in British athletics uh, we've also got the breaking news that Joanna Coates and Sarah Symington have stepped aside as their role of CEO and director of performance at uh, British athletics and we've also got some things around the lottery funding allocation um, so a lot going on in the world of athletics I felt that It was a good time to jump on and do a podcast episode around it. Um, And I wanted to start off with that athlete commission. So just to give a bit of background around the athlete commission, you know, what is their aim? What are they actually trying to do? What is the whole point of this guy, you know, being put together? Now, their their main aim is ensuring that athletes' voices are heard by UK Athletics Performance um, Oversight Committee and the UK Athletics Board as well. Um, And so that it gives the opportunity for um, two times a year to have a forum for um, for athletes being able to voice their opinion through these um, these people. So it's currently got 12 people on the board, um, including big names in the sport, such as Holly Bradshaw, Adam Jamili, and Richard Whitehead. Um, and it's chaired by Hannah England as well, um, who's a world championship silver medalist um, back in the day. So what's really interesting is that there are now 14 nominations for these positions, um, with only seven being available. Now, each of the statements um, that have been shared on the British Athletics website, which I'd encourage people to go and look at, um, each of them focus heavily on supporting the athletes that are perhaps not funded as well. Um, So giving those athletes a voice where they may not be in constant communication with British athletics. And it's really good to see that uh, many new faces are putting themselves forward um, for the roles. I'd be really excited um, for everyone to go and check that out. And, you know, for for, for us um, as, as supporters as well, I think it's good to actually see that that this is um, this is something that, that is being put in place. And it has been for a number of years, um, but I think especially now it's important for athletes to have um, more of a voice. 
Now, some of the main talking points that I've picked out, um, and especially, you know, in terms of the criteria of, you know, who can go forward for these athlete commissioned roles, um, they have to be GB athletes that have competed um, for Great Britain in the last six years. Now, this is a key point um, for being eligible for the role. Uh, and it's really interesting, actually, that, you know, this, um, you know, th this has been set up for athletes to support athletes. And actually, I think it, it could be an interesting take to, to look at perhaps seeing um, other people get involved in the sport that perhaps haven't, um, you know, competed for GB. Now, I do understand on the one hand, why that would make sense to have GB athletes supporting other GB athletes. Um, but perhaps, you know, it, it could gain, um, you could gain a lot from people outside of uh, elite competition, perhaps even those people that are just really interested in getting involved in the sport um, to, to be involved in that. So that was a, an interesting point that they have to, you know, be a GB athlete um, to be part of that commission. And the, one of the other things was around, um, you know, they only meet two times a year. Um, so two times a year, and you know, if, if you think about, let's say, let's take a middle distance runner, for example, they're probably, you know, two times a year, they're doing a whole cross country season and then a whole track season. And then even for the sprinters, let's say, they're going for a whole winter um, training uh, setup and then going into the summer. So I feel that perhaps only two years, um, two times a year uh, to actually meet and talk about what athletes are saying on the ground is perhaps, um, you know, not enough to really understand what goes on on the ins and outs of, uh, you know, an athlete's training setup. Um, also, interestingly, uh, an athlete stands for, for two years, so they have to um, be involved for two years and the chair has to um, come in for four years as well. So it's interesting that you've got that full Olympic cycle um, to chair the, uh, the athlete commission. And then you've also got two years for, for that further development and you can sort of add those on as well. So the, the athlete commission, I just wanted to give a bit more firstly a bit more info about it, but also make it uh, people aware that actually there's new people coming in to those positions. And there are currently, you know, uh, really high caliber athletes on there and shows that, you know, there is um, there could be that support going forward for the athletes that might not get funding or at least that the athletes have got a voice as well. So one of the, the main points that I wanted to, to pick out there. But um, one of the other things that has come up this week, which has been, you know, exceptionally, um, you know, well re or, or received rather on social media, probably not well received, is the uh, the resignation of Joanna Coates and Sarah Symington. Um, now, quite interestingly, Sarah Symington has, has pulled out and then gone to British Cycling. Um, I think there's been a couple of uh, drugs bans or something like that in the last couple of days. So perhaps um, the the first thing to to bring on to their desk, um, which is an interesting, uh, you know, take that I saw on, on Twitter from a few. Um, but, you know, this news actually came out on social media and a lot of the athletes aren't, uh, weren't aware beforehand. Um, I actually, uh, I think I've signed up to like press releases as part of the media team when I went to the British um, Olympic trials. And I've actually got, you know, emails coming through of, of the latest updates before the, the press has sort of released it. And, you know, it was interesting to see that that was, you know, the line of communication that had come from, but I'm not sure that many athletes would be sort of in the loop for that. So for them to, to see that their CEO, their 
um, their leader of British Athletics had then, you know, re- resigned, but you'd seen it on social media. Um, it was it was really hard to, I guess, for, for a lot of athletes to see that. But yeah, just to give a bit of background on, I guess, Joanna Coates's background and, and tenure in uh, in British Athletics was that she was appointed in February 2020, which is, you know, <laughs> if we think about that day, it's probably one of the hardest um, times to take on the role. Uh, and as we know, you know, athletics in, in general has, has struggled on that um, elite side, I guess, um, throughout British Athletics. We've had success at Olympic Games and things like that. But, you know, overall, I think it's always been in, in a bit of crisis situation. Um, so I think for Joanna to, you know, take that on from her netball background, I think people were excited to to see her come come aboard. Um, but I think, you know, in that uh, sort of year period of, of COVID and then the bounce back, I think that was really hard. And I know that there was a number of um, financial challenges, but you know, overall, 18 months in the in the role um, is, you know, is quite interesting or difficult to to take that in terms of, you know, the, the sort of level of commitment that you might see um, over that 18 year period. And, and perhaps not just to, to see it through, but actually, um, you know, to build and and um, and stick with it almost. I think there was a quite an interesting thing to, to read that. You know, you only get 18 months in that role. But we've had Mark Munro um, step in as the interim CEO. He's moved from Scottish Athletics after a really sex, uh, successful um, 10 years as the CEO there. And um, so he's been the development director at UKA um, up until now. So he'll then fill in um, that role. And he's, you know, his first job will be firstly to cre- uh, recruit that CEO um, that's going to step in for British Athletics. Uh, but he's been really active in the last few months with the recruitment of good people into the sport. Um, and it's, it seems like a, a really exciting appointment um, for someone that's already been involved in uh, UK athletics and it's come in as well. Um, and, and yeah, so, you know, I, I'm personally quite excited about that. I know that Scottish athletics have been really successful over the last few years and I think their development and, you know, their promotion of athletes has been incredible. I mean, if you if you think about some of the top athletes that we see at the moment, um, people like Laura Muir, we've got uh, Andy Butchart, um, you know, Ailish McColgan, all Scottish athletes that are, you know, very much at the, the top of their game. And I think that, you know, that sort of needs to be uh, brought into British athletics and see that success of the Scottish athletics, you know, come through to um, to our, our side of the sport as well. So, yeah, Mark Munro says that this this change of um, personnel will provide that continuity leadership uh, to staff, coaches and athletes. Um, I think it's a fairly broad statement, but I think, you know, perhaps in reaction to um, what's happened, we'll probably get a bit more information on that further down the line. Um, and so, you know, what what I'm really interested to see is and, and perhaps even ask a question out to the listeners is, you know, is that task of being the CEO and coming in as a CEO too much to take on um, in British athletics? You know, we've seen uh, Joanna coach, you know, we, we, she actually came out and said that she'd taken a bit of time off um, social media because of backlash and because of um, reaction that, that she'd got from people. So I think, you know, is this, yeah, the question is, is this task, of a CEO going to be too much to take on? Is it, uh, is, you know, this position too far gone? Now, I think there's a, you know, a lot of opportunities um, around athletics. I mean, we've seen, I've seen going back to cross country events and even the road relays and things like that. You know, our sport is so, so exciting. And I think if we do take it back to that, um, that basic level of competition, perhaps the grassroots stage, 
we can really get a lot of benefit um, out of it. So I think that that needs to be replicated throughout uh, sort of a lot of our events. And even just, you know, I think that word commercialized has been used a lot um, throughout the past couple of years. But I do genuinely think that with the presence of social media, the benefit that people have with their thousands of followers and their, you know, their, their communities that they're creating. Like I was thinking about it before about how you've got athlete, if you put um, athletes such as like Dina Asher Smith, um, Alex Yee, for example, and then Keely Hodgkinson, Jasmine Sawyers together, their cumulative, um, you know, following could be as much as, um, as the following of the times newspaper, um, because they've got around 900 K followers and, and accumulative with, accumulatively with four or five athletes you probably have that many followers and that many reach so i think that there's a big opportunity to you know tap into um the you know using the brands that people have already uh, developed and already created to really push the sport on uh, and i don't really see too much of that i'm seeing you know uh, private companies that are reaching out to athletes and you know doing well in in terms of the commercial side but that's more you know for their brand and their products rather than for, for the sport. And I think that, you know, if there's um, an opportunity for British athletics to work with athletes, then I think they should de definitely take that on um, because, you know, it's, I think British athletics has got a, um, a good, um, you know, they're, they're able to, to reach a lot of people, um, but equally, you know, you, you can get the athletes on board and that will just be a lot more exciting. You'll get a broader reach and, and you'll get a, a lot more people interested in the sport. So yeah. A fascinating point around British athletics. I think that's really, um, it's going to be a tough role to fill. I wouldn't want to be that person that's going in a CEO, but equally, you know, we've got to find the right people that are going to push on the sport um, and then, you know, make it, make it really exciting. And so that was a bit on uh, British athletics and, you know, the, the update that's, that's been given there. I haven't seen a statement yet from Joanna Coates or um, Sarah Symington, apart from the, the fact that she's excited to move on to um, British cycling there. So um, yeah, uh, it, it, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of comments on social media as well, especially Twitter. Um, so it'd be worth checking out that feed as I know a lot of people have been, um, been involved in, in the conversation there. Now, the third point that I wanted to come on to was British athletics funding. Um, and so there has been some big surprises in the sort of allocation of funding for many athletes um, in just to give a bit of background as well. In November 2020, so this pretty much this time last year, 117 athletes were on uh, offered a place on the uh, Olympic world class program. And this year there were only 67 places given. So. You know, 67 places position uh, given in, in that position is obviously, you know, almost almost half the amount that was given last year. So I think there's going to be a, a lot of people sitting there that are very disappointed that they haven't received that funding. And the reason why that funding hasn't been allocated isn't because they don't think athletes are, are worthwhile, but simply because the pot in British athletics isn't big enough for, um, you know, them to give the same amount. So, you know, they were hit financially, I think, because of the, um, because of uh, like COVID and because of, you know, the disruption that we faced in the year. So, um, to see only 67 people um, given, you know, their world-class funding um, was was really tough to take. And, you know, these are people's livelihoods and a lot of people do rely on that lottery funding. Um, but just shows again, you know, how the importance, I mean, I feel that the personal brand of an athlete is one of the most, uh, you know, most important things about them. And, you know, if you can try and find 
new ways of perhaps marketing yourself. I've seen so many people do very well on social media with it. I think you're in a much better position to perhaps not um, rely on that funding and, and perhaps it can add as a benefit to your financial situation. But, you know, people that are, um, are hard working athletes are still still working sort of like part time um, and even full time in some cases. So um, they, there are examples of people that um, have done it exceptionally well, just not on this podium funding or world class program. Um, but also interesting to see that uh, people have been allocated it where, you know, perhaps they they haven't performed in the last couple of years or, um, you know, it, it might seem interesting that they they might perform uh, in the cup in, in the next coming years. So, you know, this is renewed every year. And uh, sometimes I think that it should be based on, you know, their, their ability to, to perhaps push on to to that next stage. So, um, yeah, just to give a bit of background on how the, the world class program operates, um, it operates at four levels. Um, so the top level is the podium funding. Um, so this supports athletes with realistic medal winning capabilities at the next Olympic Games. Um, you've then got a step down, which is podium potential, which is support for those whose performances suggest that they have a realistic medal winning capabilities at the next Olympic Games. Um, interesting, like between the two of them, even speaking, saying it out loud, it does sound like a, a sort of similar situation. It might be, you know, podium could be those people that have already won medals or got into finals that could have won medals. Uh, and then that podium potential, perhaps those people on the brink. Um, you then got a step down, um, which uh, or, or I think the same step as, podium in terms of the the amount of money that's given but um the olympic relays so you've got supports of athletes deemed to have the potential to deliver relay medals i know this is a massive important uh, really important point uh, at olympic games is that we often get some of our, our gold medals from uh, from relays and so there's quite a lot of money that's put into that uh, i think especially for you know, considering you've got a lot of opportunity as perhaps a 400 meter runner or um, or a sprint athlete to get into those uh, relay positions, I think perhaps as well, um, there's, you know, there's there's a better opportunity for a 400 meter athlete to to jump onto um, to jump onto funding rather than, than an athlete that um, is, is running at 5k, 10k or something like that, because they've, they've got the um, the one event that they're competing in. And then the fourth um, stage is that confirmation. Um, so this is a new level that's added this year for the up and coming athletes. So this is separate to the futures program, um, but the funding of the program isn't just the financials, but it's also access to world-class training facilities. Now, um, you know, there's a, a number of standout um, people that have been on that, that podium funding. Um, and so some of the, the key names such as Alex Bell, Keely Hodgkinson, uh, Joshka and, and Gemma Riki will make that step up to the Olympic podium funding. And what's really interesting is that Keeley has actually jumped from Futures Program, um, which is the sort of the, the sub-level, which encourages those up and coming athletes straight to that Olympic podium level. And I'm not really surprised, to be honest. I mean, you come second at the Olympic Games at the age of 19 years old. Um, you know, that's, it's pretty ridiculous and, and no surprise there that uh, jumped up to podium level and hopefully um, going to be going for gold in 2024. Uh, we've also seen in the field, uh, Jasmine Sawyers, who came eight for the Olympic final. Um, she's the British champion indoors and out uh, and with a PB of 690. So she's enjoyed a successful season and then we'll also move on 
to that podium funding. Um, we've seen uh, Olympic finalist Lizzie Bird, uh, Jake Hayward and Mark Scott rewarded by being placed on the podium potential funding. Um, so that second group there. And Lindsay Sharp as well has um, recently become a mother, um, but they do, but UK have got faith in her um, that should be racing back. And so she's on that podium funding. So that, that top level funding. Uh, and that was one of the points that I wanted to bring up actually was that, you know, firstly, I think that it is fantastic that um, that UKA are supporting, you know, mothers who, you know, choose to have babies during their careers and then also supporting them throughout. Um, but I think especially given the um, the movement from perhaps like a, a common sense view of how they allocate funding towards an actual, they've got a whole um, uh, sort of, um, you know, criteria that you have to hit. I think it would be, it's interesting that you uh, that you put someone on a podium uh, podium funding when um, it's you know fairly unlikely that in the next couple of months and perhaps in the next year that Lindsay might get back. That's not to say that she won't, um, but I think to give that top level funding is is quite a um, you know quite a, a what probably a point that could be challenged um, across across the board. And perhaps there's people in you know in the in the form of their life that that could be in that in that podium potential. So. Um, yeah, an interesting point there. Of course, I want to know um, people's views on, on that particular um, topic as well on, on why people should be um, given funding and perhaps why they shouldn't. Um, but I know there's a, there's a big process that goes on there. Um, another point uh, around, um, you know, the, the uh, field athletes is that Scott Lincoln um, has joined the programme after PBs in 2021. Uh, he said that he's buzzing to be a part of the, uh, the WCP, which is that world-class programme and um you know become a funded athlete so you know he he said that hard work and dedication always gets you there and he's excited to see where this will lead the only way is up now i'm a big fan of scott lincoln i've you know watched um you know him grow throughout the year and also seen a lot of a buzz uh, and your know, social media attention around Scott as well. So he, he sounds like a, a great guy. I never actually met him in person, but I'm a big fan of him, you know, as, as a fan of the sport. And I think that it's great to see, you know, those opportunities given to, to those that perhaps haven't had it before. Um, and then, you know, uh, also those people that have been injury hit, um, such as Neve Emerson, Laura Waitman and Melissa Courtney Bryant um, are among those that maintain the funding, um, you know, despite those injuries. So I think that that support needs to continue to be there. I don't think that we should just drop athletes simply because, um, you know, they're injured or um, they're taking uh, like, you know, they're not performing to their highest. Um, but equally, you know, th there might be other people that are definitely performing to those um, to those standards. And because the funding's so tight, it's, you know, it, it could be a better um, position to, to actually give funding to the people that are performing at the highest level. But, you know, uh, these people have come back before. Um, and I'm sure they'll do it again. So those are the some of the main winners that are still on funding. Um, some of the you know the the losers, if you like, or the people that have missed out on funding, uh, include Andy Butchart. So we mentioned Lindsay Sharp. You know her um, her her husband uh, Andy Butchart um, is was 11th for the Olympic 5000 meter final this year and ran a PB of 7.35 in the 3000 meters. That has no lottery funding at all. Not even um, you know on that. Uh, either on the podium potential podium stage or even um, for, you know, those like uh, like the confirmation level. So I think it's really interesting to not have um, Andy on there as, you know, one of the athletes that many people will know across um, across the, the country, really around the sport. I think that 
to, to not get a lottery funding and, and finish, you know, 11th in that Olympic 5,000 meter final, even to firstly make the Olympics, um, get that qualifying time of 13-13 is unbelievable. Um, then to make the final itself uh, after, you know, what was a, a really sort of challenging um, heat and uh, heat, uh, yeah, heat before the final. I think that, you know, that's a really, that must be a really tough pill to swallow. Um, but I know that Andy's got really good, um, you know, sponsorship and, and uh, he's got really good support from, from New Balance. And, you know, that's a certain element, but equally I hope that um, perhaps the, the funding itself doesn't cause, um, you know, doesn't have a, a massive hit, um, but obviously it can be a, a really good boost. Um, what we've also seen is that CJ Ujar, after failing a, an anti-doping drugs test, had been suspended from the sport. So, he has been dropped from funding. Um, there's no funding at all for specialist 400 meter runners. So although we've got um, funding for the 400 um, meter relay runners, there's actually no one in the flat for, um, for the 400. I think this is one of the first years where that's not been the case. We have seen a dip in you know, the performance of the individual 400 meter runners. We know that they've been running good relays, um, but I do see that that's uh, that is, it's positive because you've got a really strong group of people that are running sort of 46s and trying to get down to the 45 second mark um, for the 400 metres. So I'm hoping in the next couple of years that that will, you know, we'll see that development come through and these do go in cycles. So um, really hoping that those 400 metres boys um, step up once again. Uh, Mo Farah, after failing to make Tokyo and then suffering a stretch fracture, um, you know, this the multiple uh, global champion is not going to receive any lottery funding going into 2022. Um, now, you know, knowing his, uh, you know, knowing how he's, you know, progressed in his career, I, I can't imagine that um, perhaps the small amount of funding will make a massive difference to him. Um, but interesting that uh, being left off the list. One of the other surprises, you know, the two surprises, both in the middle distance, um, uh, um, yeah, middle distance and longer distance events is Ailish McColgan. Mentioned her before about the success in Scottish athletics, but this year she's been running incredibly well. I mean, she, I think she ran 50 minutes or something for, um, yeah, 50 minutes, uh, 50 minutes and 46 seconds or something for um, for the 10 miles recently. And she broke Paula Radcliffe's British world record at the 5,000 metres. Um, and, you know, but she's only on um, podium potential funding. So that's second level down. And, you know, you, you could argue that there, there, there's a couple of people on there that have got that podium um, funding that perhaps um, don't deserve it over Adish McColgan, who's, you know, arguably one of our best athletes in British athletics at the moment. Uh, and then the other um, the other big name that misses out and she's missed out on uh, funding, you know, years and uh, years and years in in. Um, yeah, she's missed out on funding in a number of years, is Jess Judd. And so despite making that Olympic team at 5,000 and 10,000, she's left off funding. Um, and, you know, she's very open. And, and I love Jess about, you know, how open she is to talking about the, um, you know, the challenges that are faced and also just being completely transparent about how she feels. So she said on, on social media that uh, she loves this time of year where you find out through a press release and you haven't got uh, potential for another Olympic cycle which just shows a reminder that uh, that funding doesn't define you. So, you know, Jess has always battled through, uh, through the younger age groups all the way through to the seniors and, you know, has gone to that Olympics, but then uh, perhaps just not seen that funding come her way, which, you know, is, is really tough to take because she's, she had a load of progress and she's been running incredibly well. She's an ambassador for the sport. She speaks um, so, uh, you know, so well. And I think that that's a, that's a real shame that um, that has, um, that she hasn't been offered that that funding. Um, 
but yeah, so so a lot going on in, in the world of athletics in terms of you know that that funding that's being allocated, Joanna Coates dropping out as um, CEO of British Athletics. And could there be a, an exciting new age of athletics coming up? Now, that's, that remains to be seen. I guess um, you know, Mark Monroe and his team will be working hard to get the recruitment of the next CEO in. Uh, I'd be interested to, to try and um, you know, encourage any transparency with the conversations that are taking place, perhaps getting you know, the right people in the sport again um, and just really see it push on. I think that you know, the cross-country events that we've seen and the, the um, you know, the, the track meets and the, the sorry, the, um, the street meets that we've seen across the, um, across the summer have actually shown that people want to watch athletics, people are interested in it, uh, but we just need to go to that next step and find new ways in, in being able to market the sport. So a lot going on there in terms of that funding, in terms of um, Joanna Coates and as well as the Athlete Commission, um, I'd encourage people to go and check that out on the British Athletics website, um, but plenty of yeah topics that are being covered. Um, and I'd be excited to hear people's thoughts as well around who's got funding and ha- perhaps who should have got funding. One person that I didn't mention as well in terms of what I saw um, was around Jake Hayward. Um, so Jake actually made the, you know, he made the final of the Olympics um, for the 1500 metres, the first time that we've ever had three men in that final. Um, and as looking at, you know, almost comparatively with the 800 metre women, um, we saw that we had Alex Bell, we had uh, Keely Hodgkinson and Jen Mariki all receive that funding. And, you know, we've, but then you've got the men in the 1500 metres that, um, you know, two of them received funding, Josh Kerr and Jake Whiteman, but then Jake Hayward is on that podium potential. So I'm not too sure how that works, because if you make the final, are you then, um, you know, podium potential or are you actually a podium sort of stage athlete where you've got the ability to push on? But to be honest, that was one of the ones that I saw that perhaps it didn't match up in my head. But, you know, I guess there's, there's, there's uh, discussions that goes on around that. Um, but I guess these these decisions have been made around funding. And then three days later, you have the CEO and, um, you know, that uh, development, yeah, the, the director of um, progression or, or um, uh, of uh, performance, actually, director of performance, you know, drop out of the, uh, of the role. So, yeah, it's all a bit of a madness at the moment in athletics, um, but a lot of chat on social media. Feel free to check that out. Um, drop us a message on Instagram or in the comments section around you know how you feel about um what's been going on in athletics and you know again just to finish off um want to send you know all of our um all of our condolences to the families in um, both ecuador and in uh, kenya for agnes turop and, and alex kinoas um, it's horrible news to hear uh, from the athletics world um but i really hope that this you know sparks a bit of um a bit of understanding and, and so that people can, you know, that this, this doesn't happen again, because it's an awful thing to hear um, for anyone, um, let alone, you know, these world-class athletes. So, you know, overall uh, we've, we've had Joanna Coates out and athletes, uh, some athletes left penniless, um, but some very happy to be on that Olympic funding. So, Thank you, everyone, uh, for watching and listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to this video. Uh, my name's Sam Crick from Crickcast, um, giving you that podcast and platform that offers the personal side behind the persona of world-leading athletes and performers. I hope everyone has a great day and enjoy the rest of our content. Thanks very much.